Hey there, Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment here. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, host Casey Seymour of 21st Century Equipment and Moving Iron LLC sat down with Sean Skaggs, CEO of Livingston Machinery. They talked in early April. Before we head over to their conversation, I wanted to invite you to join us this August 4th through 5th at the Dealership Mind Summit in Omaha, Nebraska. Based on the feedback of past attendees, our Dealer Advisory Board and the Dealership of the Year alumni group, we're bringing back the focus on used equipment remarketing. Space is limited for this dealer-only event. Register today at dealershipmindsummit.com. If this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or TuneIn Radio. By subscribing, you're alerted when each new episode is released. In this episode, Casey and Sean talk about how COVID-19 is impacting their businesses as well as their personal lives and what it could mean for equipment sales later in the year. Today, my guest is Sean Skaggs, and Sean Skaggs is a friend of mine. He works down at Livingston Machinery, and he also has a little podcast of his own, and he, we'll get into that a little bit. But uh, So, Sean, how you been, bud? Uh, I've been as well as can be expected, Casey. Yeah, there's nothing going on in the world right now to, that can make you feel any, any angst or any kind of... Uh, you know, high blood pressure, anything right now, things are pretty, pretty easy going, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's pretty stress free life. We just sit around all day with our feet up on the desk, drinking soda pops. Yeah. Got somebody over here fanning me. It's yep. uh, it's good times. Just gumdrops and candy canes, <laughs> right, buddy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, before we get too into this, what's happened with COVID nineteen and how it's affecting the folks down in Oklahoma? Tell everybody about your podcast and what you got going on there. Sure. So uh, my podcast is called Impact Legacy and Meaning. And uh, what it's about is it's a little bit about business, but it's a lot about uh, life and building a legacy and those kind of things. And so it's something that some people may be interested in checking out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really into uh, personal improvement and self-development. And that's what uh, the podcast is geared around as much as anything. Uh, the first season is out. And then I took a little hiatus because we got into basketball season with my kids and when you've got five kids and you're in basketball season and you've got two to three basketball games every single night yeah. uh, you don't have time for a podcast no, so it's tough <laughs> so we're on hiatus for now but yeah. uh, now that the basketball season is definitely over mm-hmm. um, it ended kind of abruptly I had one that was still in the state tournament whenever they shut everything down and so I don't know if they're ever gonna finish that state tournament or not but anyway um you know, with all that shut down, we should have some time again soon, but uh, we've had a few other concerns to deal with in the meantime. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a uh, no, no doubt. This is a uh, it's a it's a trying time, and it's also a uh, it's a different time. So, I guess tell folks let's talk about what's what you see happening now. So, if for people that don't know, Sean works with uh, Livingston Machinery. He is the uh, <clears throat> the CEO, right? Your CEO down there. Yeah. Okay. CEO of, the, of Livingston Machinery and uh, Big Baylor USA, right? You guys, guys sell those, yeah. the big, the big four by fours, the big three by fours, those big, big square balers down there. And you basically cover uh, Oklahoma Panhandle, New Mexico, a little bit of Texas in that area. Yeah, we've got uh, so we've got four stores: two in Western Oklahoma, two in the Panhandle of Texas, and we kind of cover that uh, you know Western Oklahoma, West Texas, and and a little bit of New Mexico and. Uh, you know, it gets a little bit into to Colorado sometimes. Mm-hmm. We've got a few customers up there. But, uh, yeah, kind of covering that region with those four stores. We're very spread out. We do a lot, you know, with four stores uh, to cover that big an area is, is kind of a big job. But that's what we the way we've always done it. And so that's just what we're still geared up to do. Yeah. So let's uh, 
Let's talk about what we see happen here. So same way, you know, we had this January, February thing and the whole coronavirus thing was kind of kicking up and it's in China and whatever, not a big deal. And it kind of started making its way across Europe and we had a few cases in the U.S., which, you know, whatever, no big deal. And then all of a sudden it just starts spiraling out of control on the East Coast and starts making its way West. And I don't know, we've had our first case here in Scottsbluff where I'm at this weekend or last weekend. So we, we finally got a... Uh, a little taste of the of the paranoia that's going on around there. So now everything here is shut down. No restaurants are open. You have to get carry out and, you know, no bars and none of that stuff. There's a waiting line to get into Walmart and all those kind of fun things. So there's there's all these crazy things going on. So kind of what's going on down in your neck of the woods and, and what what's your uh, what are your customers kind of, what's their feel and what's their tone right now as, what's, as to what's going on? Sure. So, um, you know, we went through a lot of the same, uh, I think, kind of saw this thing the same way that a lot of people did. I probably didn't take it seriously enough at first. Um, you know, I kept seeing the numbers and seeing that they were still minuscule compared to what the flu does. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, I kept thinking, well, this is just another flu, but it's, but it's not. It's, it's different than what the flu is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was had people started talking about it, I guess, uh, right before we had our spring break locally. And so uh, I left that week with my kids to go skiing for spring break. And we we drove out to uh, Angel Fire, New Mexico, and we got there on Sunday afternoon, ready for a big week of skiing. And then uh, on Monday morning, they announced that that was going to be the only day that they were going to be open. And so uh, they were shutting down at the end of the day at four o'clock that day. They were going to be shut down for the rest of the season. And they had already shut down the other ski resorts in the area. So we had you know, thousands of people coming from the other ski resorts to come ski over there with us, which made it, you know, not a great day for skiing because it was a 30 to 45 minute wait just to get back on the lifts. So we only got in one day there and then they shut that down. And I kept thinking, man, this is, this is just crazy. Why are people you know, behaving this way? Uh, But obviously the, that was the week whenever things really seemed to uh, accelerate fast. Um, It kind of took off. Yeah, it did. It kind of took off at that point. And, you know, restaurants started shutting down everywhere. Um, you know, we just stayed out in the mountains because we thought, you know, if we're not going to be able to do anything, why not just sit around in the mountains and, and watch deer come onto your back porch yeah. uh, for a few days before worst you go back to be, home. Right? Yeah. yeah, there's worse places to be. So uh, then whenever I got back home, uh, obviously things were different here at the dealership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people were, they didn't know what to think. You know, some people were scared. Some people were panicked. Uh, some people were still blowing it off, but it was it was a very different environment whenever I got back than it was whenever I had left. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the the main thing that, uh, you know, at that point, we still hadn't even had, I think at that point, we had had maybe one death in the state of Oklahoma and maybe four or five cases total. Mm-hmm. But it's obviously grown, you know, pretty quickly from there. Uh, still not huge numbers in Oklahoma, but they shut things down pretty quickly as far as, you know, having high-risk people stay at home and uh, trying to shut down non-essential businesses and those kind of things last week. Whenever we saw that happening, we kind of saw the handwriting on the wall that we were going to have to probably do business differently than what we've done it in the past. Yep. And so, uh, you know, it's it's different at our Oklahoma stores than it is in our West Texas stores. In West Texas, they're a little bit more isolated. They're not as close to big cities as what we are in at the Oklahoma stores. And so, they're still not feeling it in the same way that we are here at the Oklahoma stores. Um, out there, it's still kind of business as usual. Customers are still coming in. You know, they never really slowed down at all out there. Here in Oklahoma, our parts and service business was still going, but you know, the phones had basically just stopped ringing last week, yeah. and it got really quiet. 
And that's probably one of the worst things that could have happened simply because whenever people don't have things to do to keep them busy, you know, they start looking, they start watching the news, they start looking at Facebook on their phone and doing those kind of things. And those are just fear machines. I mean, that's how they make their money. And so that, that made people a lot more nervous. And so we realized that we were going to have to do some things different. And then, um, you know, we had a couple of, uh, customers come in that didn't really respect the whole social distancing thing whenever they came in last week and we knew that something was going to have to change and we actually made the decision on april 1st to uh to lock up the showroom and not let customers inside of our buildings and so we had to change some processes you know get some communication out to customers let them know that they were going to have to uh, call first before they came or once they got to got there there were phone numbers posted outside that they could call and we would bring parts either to them in the parking lot or they could pull around to one of the warehouse doors and we'd load them out of that warehouse door but whatever happened you know nobody was coming in the building that didn't work here um, because we just wanted to reduce the risk Um, we have we have a lot of people that work for us that are kind of in that high risk category that don't want to go and stay home in quarantine Mm-hmm. Um, and we want them to be able to work if they want to be able to work. Although, if they feel like they need to go home, we, we highly encourage them to go home. But yeah. uh, it's been just a very different environment. It's very up and down from day to day, depending on what uh, the news comes up with or what the latest thing to pop up on Facebook, latest rumor to pop up on yeah. Facebook is. Yeah. Um, and so it's been interesting to, to deal with from day to day. But our people really have done a great job of kind of adjusting you know, we've stayed calm. We have made the adjustments to our processes that we need to so that we can still take care of customers. And everybody's still really committed to taking care of our customers. Um, we just have to do it in a little different way than we used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's the same way out here. I mean, we we haven't closed the showrooms off yet, but we've uh, we've kind of tried to limit the number of people that are in the showroom at any given time. Um, same deal. We've really ramped up our, you know, parts online and or calling ahead and all those kind of things. So, we're doing the same things that can try to keep things as uh, as safe as possible, you know. And you know, like you said, so we have some customers that are think this is a, the biggest blown out of proportion thing on the planet. And then we got some guys that are scared to death that we're going to be shut down during the way they're trying to plant a crop and they can't get parts and they're just so. And then, like you said, you know, all the all the truth in the world comes out of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you know. So I mean. <laughs> There's nothing but nothing but solid truth there all the way across. So I mean, it's little things like that that kind of fuel the fire of of this. Uh, you know, there's already enough um, just angst already, and then they start like you said, they've got some free time on their hands, and they're like, "Well, we'll just see what's going on." The next thing you know, there's martial laws coming, and we're going to shut down every grocery store on the planet, and, and you guys are going to have to go out and shoot deer and you know live off of roots for the next thirty days. I mean, it's just those are the kind of stuff that pop up and. You know, I think when I look at it, you know, that we have a farmer's going to farm and a rancher's going to ranch, right? So they've got a crop to plant and a crop to harvest. They've got cows to feed and hay to hay to bale. So um, as long as they've got life in their body, they're going to do all those things. And and that's the thing about us as, as equipment dealerships, <clears throat> we have to be there to, to support that. And there's just no other way around it, right? I mean, if that's the one thing that makes the U.S. great is that we have this well-oiled machine when it comes to, to agriculture and food production and and the the, the machine that, that gets it from point A to point B and grocery stores that, that have stock shelves and you know we 
we have other things to worry about that might not be that big of a deal because everyone's got plenty of food to eat. So it's uh, those are the kind of things that 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 keeps this this country rolling. But I guess as you, I, I guess I always I said this to a guy the other day. We were talking on the phone. I said, you know, if I woke up out of a coma yesterday and I went to my office and didn't know anything about COVID nineteen or whatever else, I would I would just think it's typical spring ramp up to planning season. Just business hasn't fallen off. Um, I don't want to say business hasn't fallen off. There's still plenty of activity. Um, we got plenty of quotes out there. We got we got our shops are full. We got guys getting parts. Those kind of things, but. You, you can feel like there's just you kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. You kind of do you have that same feeling when you as oh, yeah. you look at your business? Absolutely. Um, you know, and especially on the on the equipment sales side, I really think parts and service is going to continue to roll. People have still got to farm, and, right. and we've got to go and help them do that. But uh, I think on the equipment sales side, oh, it always works that way. So that when people get nervous, you know, they start to hesitate and they kind of sit on their hands for a while. And I can't blame them for sitting on their hands right now if that's what they want to do. I mean, that's just, that's only the natural reaction. And so I think we're going to see a lot of that for the next few months. Um, I think once we work our way through this deal, that I think we could see a lot of kind of catch up business and we might have a really big fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. but I think that second and third quarter could be rough. Um, It's, it's very possible because without those equipment sales, it's hard to generate enough gross margin to cover all the bills. Right. Right. Yep. Um, And so that's uh, one of the things that, that we're kind of watching for and trying to plan for as best we can is, is trying to be ready for all that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if that's the case, but so far, like you said, you know, sales are up, sales are way up. And, uh, so far, everything looks really good from a financial standpoint, but we're just waiting for that other shoe to drop. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> yeah. we want to be prepared if it does. And, and I hope that it does. And I sincerely hope that everything just keeps going in our business the way that it was because things were going great. Yeah. Um, but but we will always got to be, you know, you hope for the best and plan for the worst. And mm-hmm. you're probably going to land somewhere in between. We'll get back to Casey and Sean in a moment, but first a quick reminder about the Dealership Mind Summit. Remarketing managers and top dealership management won't want to miss this two-day intensive on used equipment remarketing. Visit dealershipmindsummit.com today to register. Let's get back to the program now as Casey and Sean discuss what they're hearing from customers and how customers have responded to not being allowed into the dealership. Our March this year was was we had a great we had a great first quarter and it was you know a combination of things like we've talked about in the past there's everyone is 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 updating their equipment or or really kind of at that point where the reconditioning costs have hit us at a higher or a reconditioning point anyway where they've got to spend some money to to really fix that that one integral part of the combine or tractor baler or whatever it is that they've kind of been putting off and now they have to do it because it, it's just it'll blow up when it goes to the field type of thing so that's kind of where we're at. And that's what we're seeing happen, and I think that's what's driving a lot of our equipment sales is is that mentality, is what we see happen there. Um, some guys have put ten, fifteen, twenty grand in their combine here the last three or four years, and they're kind of wondering how many more years do I feel like doing that. And I think we're getting some guys coming to the table with that, but <clears throat> it's it's a tough one because it's the uh, the interest is is where we're seeing that's driving our businesses. Is uh, is interest rates because obviously they're higher now and they've come down a little bit, but that that interest is getting to be a bigger deal than what we've seen in the past. What are you seeing right now 
when you talk with your customers that are some some triggers that are like, oh, you know, this is kind of what we we didn't expect this or we've kind of planned for this, I guess, when you're talking to your customers as far as kind of getting them off center a little bit? Um, well, I mean, it's been, as far as what you hear, it's kind of a mixed bag, but for the most part, our customers are still pretty positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a, a really good looking crop in the ground right now. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, we're a big wheat state here in Oklahoma and even parts of the panhandle of Texas, there's a lot of wheat. And uh, wheat prices have jumped right back mm-hmm. up there since uh, China was kind of forced to start buying wheat from us again. And uh, so wheat prices have come back up. That's got them feeling pretty positive. Um, you know, we're having kind of a wet spring here right now, which isn't great for planting, but it's, it is really good for all those winter crops that we've got in the ground. And so, uh, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of potential right now and, uh, you know, the potential to see some, some commodity prices come back up a little bit because there are going to be some food shortages in some other places. And, uh, so I think that they're, they're pretty positive about the business in general. They're worried about, you know, what's going on in the world, just like everybody else is. But in general, our customers seem to be pretty positive. Uh, they kind of expect to have a, a good year, at least a better year than what they've had the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just a lot of uh, a lot of positive, uh, a lot of positive feelings, I guess, in our area. Um, one other thing that I'll throw out there is I've talked to customers that have, have come here the last couple of days. Is you know, if you're out there and you're trying to figure out, you know, should I close my showroom doors or should I not? Those kind of things. The customers understand 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was really worried about it. We were, that's the big worry whenever you do something like this is, you know, what are the customers going to think? Are they going to understand why we're doing this? And, you know, whenever we did it the first day on April 1st, I was worried about that. And I was walking across from, from my building over to where the dealership's at at about 7.50 that first morning. And there's already a customer there picking up parts. And one of our parts people came out and she was putting parts in the back of his pickup. And then she went back inside the shop and she, or back inside the warehouse and she left the warehouse walkthrough door open. And that customer started walking towards that walkthrough door. And I thought, oh, boy, here we go. There's the first one that's just going to ignore our signs and walk right on into the into the warehouse. And he walked up to that door and he reached out with his foot and he took his toe and he shut that door with his toe and wouldn't even touch it. And then he stepped back about six feet. And I thought, well, maybe this is going to be all right. And and as I talked to him throughout the day, they understand their main concern is stay open for us. Do whatever you have to do to make sure that we can still get parts and service. Yep. And that's our, our customers are saying the exact same thing, even to the point where there's no need for you to come out here. You you can, you can text me, you can call me, you can email me, you can FaceTime me, you can do whatever you want to, unless I, I'll call you when I need you to come out here. So, And I think they, they see it from their, their side of the, of the fence, too. You know, they're like, if you, when your employees get me sick and I can't go plant my crop or I can't harvest my crop or I can't go feed my cows or, <clears throat> you know, most farmers and ranchers are kind of a one-man show. They might have a hired man or something like that, but the majority of the work they're doing is is them. And if they go down... I mean, what are you going to do? Not to mention the fact you know? that the majority of our customers are still, you know, kind of in that high risk yeah, category. That's the they're other side of it too. Range. Yeah, there's and so they, they don't want to they don't want to contract this stuff. So no. they they want you to be safe and uh, they want to be safe and mm-hmm. so I, I think for the most part they're going to understand. So do whatever you think you need to do to uh, to keep your business open so that you can go and serve those customers. Yep. You know, one other thing that I would would really put out there is you know if you're a leader in your dealership, man be the calm in the storm right now. There's right. plenty of people who are out there trying to, uh, 
I guess, propagate that fear because mm-hmm. they, they get some kind of a kick out of it. Yep. Uh, but don't be that guy. Don't sit around watching the news and Facebook. Be the guy that helps people take action because that's what's going to, mm-hmm. that's what's going to overcome the fear and, and make sure that you're being the calm in the storm right now because yep. that's what people need. So don't lead with your hair on fire is what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, we have those, we have a handful of those folks in the dealership. I'm like, bring it down a notch, fellas. Bring it down a notch. So, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I think there's, uh, there's going to be opportunity that comes from this. And there's going to be, uh, like you said, a lot of struggle that comes out of this too. But uh, I think overall, there's going to be, hopefully, that, you know, this April 30th thing kind of comes and goes and we can get everything back open and, and back to work and, 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 or at least open up parts of the country that aren't overly affected by what's going on and and uh kind of like where you live at and where i live at um there's not enough people really to to have a a huge huge issue kind of pop up but um we're not living on top of each other you know we've got a lot of space between us so it's pretty easy to self uh self what do they call that uh Self-quarantine. Self-quarantine and social distancing and all that stuff is just is just the nature of the way you live for <laughs> a lot of the stuff. Yeah, but, until you visit a Walmart. <laughs> until you visit a Walmart. <laughs> That's right. I guess as you take a look at, you know, you mentioned, you know, quarter two and quarter three being a little tired than you thought. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat you are. I feel like there's going to be a, a pop. I really think that there could be some, some movement here uh, early summer, late summer, depending on what you see, um, China's offloading all the ships they can offload right now, and they're going to start, um, you would think, buying some um, commodities and, and bringing stuff back home because they've got to they got to feed their people. So I got to think there's that coming, but you might not see any of that until August, September, October, you know, before that really starts to set in. So I guess talk about that a little bit and, and where you see that that headed. Well, you know, there's for me. We had planned, you know, a really good second and third quarter. We we felt like our sales were definitely going to be up this year, mm-hmm. and um, had planned for that. But you know, hadn't gone out of the way to uh, to spend a lot of money towards that. But we were still planning on having a really good second and third quarter this year. And so we haven't changed any of our plans. We haven't changed any of our goals. We're leaving everything the same until we see a reason to do otherwise. But that's you know the thing that I worry about is. Typically, people don't spend money until they feel good about the economy in general, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially whenever they're making major purchases like a uh, $175,000 windrow or, or a $300,000 tractor. Mm-hmm. They want to feel pretty good about the direction of where things are going before they spend that money. And so it's a lot of it's going to depend, I think, on how long this deal drags out because you talk – you hear some people and they're saying oh well we'll we'll open everything back up on april 30th and you hear some people that say well no we're we're really going to come out about april 20th and say well guys we're going to leave this you know for another month and then after that month's over with we're going to say we're going to leave it for another month because they're just trying to slow it down enough that it takes until you know august for this to run through the whole country and if that's the case then it's going to be a while before people feel great about the economy and it really roars back again and so i think if we see that but the other, you know, the other side of it is, like you said, people have to eat. Our farmers have to farm, and so if there's demand there, if there's a real reason for them to trade, and there's going to be some of them that have a real reason to go ahead and trade, and so there's definitely still going to be some business out there. But I think that before we see it really bounce back and be as strong as what we'd originally planned on, it's probably going to be in, you know, probably late in that third quarter, early fourth quarter before we start to see that thing really rebound. 
that's just my guess, though. I, yeah. Nobody knows at this point. Yeah, nobody knows. But I think you have a pretty good, pretty good guess there, from what I see. You know, I, I get uh, I get Pro Farmer here every morning. It pops up and gives me this kind of the headlines for the day type of thing, and, and the uh, and the markets and what have you. And one of the one of the paragraphs, one of the headings for the, one of the paragraphs they have is jobs report first of several ahead to show U.S. economic collapse. So those those are the kind of reports that don't help anything when you like back to feeding the fire. You know what I mean? That's just <laughs> stuff exactly. like that. Just kind of like you could have come up with a lot of better ways to. To word that than, than that, you know. But I get what they're trying to do. You know, they're trying to get shock and awe and sell papers and subscriptions and everything else, and that's a pretty easy way to do it. You can always, <clears throat> you can always look at the positive side of it, and it should be easier to hire technicians for once. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, there's, there's, there's going to be, be some, some, there's gonna be some out gonna there. There's going to be a lot of yeah. people looking for, uh, yeah. looking for something to do. So. Yep, that's for sure. Yeah, especially if you're not in one of these uh, quote-unquote essential businesses, you know, like we're, we're fortunate enough to be in, in that category, but if you're yes. a if you're not in one of those categories, man, I'll tell you what. Back home in Wichita, where I'm from, I was talking to a friend of mine, and some of the aircraft folks out there have laid off 7,000 people um, in, in one wow. week. So that's a lot of people to hit the streets all in one week without any, any jobs or anything going on. So I don't know. It's unprecedented times, so you're going to see unprecedented things, and, and uh, hopefully that we can rebound, and it's not going to be some big, huge, devastating long-term you know drag on the economy because of what we've the amount of money that we're pumping into the system right now but i mean i guess what do you do do you let things collapse because no one's working or do you let things collapse because you put a bunch of 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 money in the system i I don't know i mean it's just kind of damned if you do damned if you don't so it'll be interesting to see how things shake out yeah all anybody can do is just make the best decisions they they can with the information they've got at the time and and try and stay positive, man. Mm-hmm. But there's there's going to be some positive out there. There's always a silver lining, and uh, the main reason I want to emphasize that isn't because I'm t- not taking this thing seriously. I am taking it seriously, but it, man, it doesn't do any good to no. sit there and focus on the negative. It's it not going to help you one iota or no. anybody else. And so you may as well focus on the positives and go and try and get whatever you can get. And this is a great time to innovate. This is a great time to streamline your processes to to get a lot better at all this. Uh, online stuff, whether it be online communications or whether it be the way that you do business online, mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity to get better at that. Uh, we've, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be thrown into the fire on this deal, which is whenever uh, whenever you get forged, right? That's whenever that's right. you uh, you have to get better to survive, and so that's what we got to do. What's the old saying? Iron sharp iron sharpens iron type of deal. So that's yeah. that's where we're gonna be at, man. All right, Sean. Well, tell them about your podcast one more time. Yeah, it's the Impact Legacy and Meaning podcast. Uh, you can search for that, or you can search for my name, Sean Skaggs, uh, in your whatever your favorite podcast player is, and it'll pop right up. Um, if you want uh, a little bit of positivity and maybe a little bit of stoic philosophy thrown in there, it's a great place to go. Most of them are pretty short. Uh, there's a few longer interviews in there, but I, for the most part, it, it's me on my own just trying to give you a little short inspiration for the day. So, right uh, you know, check us out. See if you like it. If you do, give us a rating on uh, iTunes. Absolutely. And, Sean, if folks want to reach out to you and just pick your brain about what's going on or just send you an email and say, what's up? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, the best way to do that is uh, you can email me at sskaggs at livingstonmachinery.com. Uh, I couldn't find a longer email address. That's the longest one I could get. <laughs> Skaggs at livingstonmachinery.com. Uh-huh. Or uh, you can reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. Uh, that's just about the only other social media platform that I'm on. But, uh, but yeah, just email me or you can 
you're welcome to call me at 405-224-5056. Right on, man. All right, Sean, well, I appreciate you being on the podcast, and uh, we'll catch you down the road, buddy. All right. Thanks, Casey. Yep. Glad to be on. All right on, man. Thanks, Casey and Sean. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all our informational channels. If you've got a question for Casey, I'd encourage you to head over to farm-equipment.com backslash AskTheExpert. Submit a question and we'll get Casey's answer to it up on our Ask the Expert blog. And don't forget to head over to dealershipmindsummit.com to register for the 2020 Dealership Mind Summit in Omaha. And you can keep up with the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey and Sean, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.